You are Locked On Fantasy, your daily fantasy football podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Greetings, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the Locked On Fantasy Football Podcast. As usual, I'm your host, Vinny Iyer. When I'm not doing this, I'm writing about NFL and fantasy football for SportingNews.com. So come to the site now, get all you need for your draft preparation here for all your fantasy football drafts in 2019, no matter what format they're in. The latest look at sleepers and busts, average draft positions, cheat sheets, Everything you need to know, as well as news and notes there, and that's what we're going to do on today's show. We need to catch you up on what's going on with every single team, kind of the transition there that we make from preseason rankings to regular season status. That's uh, what we're going to look at, so anything that's uh, happening new with these teams across the league, we're going to get to here in the next couple shows, so we'll go around the AFC, and uh, as well as uh, giving you the news, we'll give you some thoughts on how this team looks coming out of the preseason and uh, now that week three is in the books uh, not much there to be done in week four just the final cuts Uh, we'll talk a little bit about those as well that can affect uh, the way we look at these rosters so that's kind of giving you a state of every team here as we get into the regular season go dormant for a little bit there for a week before we rev up with the Packers and Bears there in the league to open 2019. Now, next week we'll go into our regular mode. We won't have a show on Monday. We'll take Labor Day off to get us refreshed for the season, but uh, we'll uh, have a regular group of shows there getting you ready for week one of the regular season. So can't wait to do that and uh, get into that mode, but we still have a few more things to do in pre-draft mode. So let's dive right in. How we'll do this is we'll go division by division in the AFC in alphabetical order. So we'll hit every team before we're done, all 16 teams, with our vibes and latest updates. And we'll do that again for the NFC on tomorrow's show. Sound good? Let's do it. Let's dive right in. The Bills are our first team that we have to talk about in the AFC. And we had a little revelation of why Robert Foster has been struggling a little bit handling this offense. He's had a toe issue. Now, John Brown, anyway, stood out as the better outside number one. They're going to use Colby's in the slot. Zay Jones is that complimentary possession, big target outside. So Foster is going to see his snaps and opportunities greatly reduced. He did flash a little bit with Josh Allen last year, and he's going to be helpful when they spread the field with four receivers this year. But in terms of standalone fantasy value, it's not there. And, uh, you look at Foster more as someone who can help Allen's value in the end as a sleeper QB2. Now, running back, we're looking at the situation. Uh, Frank Gore has seen a few less touches than Sean McCoy. It's been pretty equal on how they've looked. Devin Singletary, we talked about that. So, sorting it out, I'm not sure they're going to cut McCoy as many thought. I think they're going to carry all these three backs into the season. TJ Yeldon, still in the biggest danger, and we'll see if he lands anywhere else. But, uh, that's pretty much what's going on with the Bills. Again, not the biggest team that you're investing in fantasy football, but backfield that you have a little intrigue when because they've had some good production here with their revamped offensive line in the offseason. The next team we'll look at in the division in alphabetical order is Miami. And Miami is on the mend a little bit. 
We're still waiting on the Ryan Fitzpatrick, Josh Rosen decision, but the skills positions, uh, we've had trouble deciding where you want to invest in wide receiver. Kenny Stills has gotten some attention as a big play guy that can help off Fitzpatrick. You also have a nebulous quarterback situation, so you're not going to know the chemistry and go-to guy there. I think Devontae Parker's pretty much faded off draft boards, but one guy you might want to consider because they like him, can use him all over the field, versatile player in the Patriots mold, Albert Wilson returning from a hip injury. So something that you can watch, Wilson did make some big plays last year. He was big play dependent, exploded, and then didn't do too much. So I think he could have more regular roles, a bit wide open here in this new offense. But again, Parker steals Wilson. I want to stay away from this as much as possible, but... Someone's going to do something in Miami. It's going to be hard to predict week after week. But Wilson is going to need to be a key player in this offense. Now, Kenny and Drake, we've kind of written him off as a fantasy value here in 2019. But he's returning from foot injury, which is good. I think they still want to use him, but more in the role that he was meant to be in, that receiving change of pace role. Kalen Balaj, again, hasn't looked too good to inspire that he should be the load carrier, but I don't think based on the Patriots' feelings of this team where they want to go committee approach, that they're going to just trust Balage or Drake with heavy load. They can mix in both of them here. So, again, tough to trust Miami's receivers and running backs at this point. Low-volume upside offense overall when we don't know who the quarterback is, an offensive line that's pretty bad other than Laramie Tunsil. So, just a lot of question marks about the Dolphins, and we're just not – investing too much, but notable that Wilson and Drake are available and on the men. Now, the Patriots, uh, it's been all quiet. Uh, Sonny Michel's look good. We mentioned that and his running ability that he's going to see close to the biggest role that you can find in this Patriots offense. Now, on top of that, uh, we had some difficult news here that Mark Andrews, the center there, might be missing some time. Excuse me, that's David Andrews. We'll talk about Mark Andrews of the Ravens a little bit. But David Andrews, the center there, is uh, dealing with the lung issue. And we knew last year that uh, Travis Frederick of the Cowboys missed time there. And uh, that was a big blow to some of the things that offense wanted to do early. And and with uh, David Andrews, he's the core, the nucleus of the Patriots offensive line. So... Can hurt there if they're out without their anchor. He's the line caller, puts these guys all together. Still a very talented offensive line without him, but definitely a little bit of concern there that a little drop off in run blocking here in 2019. Now, we turn to the Jets, and uh, Le'Veon Bell, we've been waiting for backup confirmation. It looks like Ty Montgomery is that backup in the eyes of Adam Gaze. He's the versatile player in that Drake mold, so to speak. So, Kind of interesting there that you carry over some thoughts from other teams, but Gaze is looking at Ty Montgomery because he can do a lot of things that Le'Veon Bell can do. They want to be a pass-oriented team. We saw that they're pretty much toggling their running backs early there in Miami, like we saw last year, but Le'Veon Bell is going to be valuable to Gaze as that early down back receiving, so they want somebody who can kind of seamlessly replace him and complement him if needed when Bell's healthy, and Ty Montgomery is definitely sending out over Elijah McGuire and Bilal Powell and the returning guys that they had there. In New York, it makes a lot of sense because they handpicked Montgomery just like they did Bell to be in this backfield here in 2019. Now, at wide receiver, it's getting pretty clear that uh, Robbie Anderson has a lot of nice upside, but I still think Jameson Crowder having the momentum behind as a possession receiver preferred over Quincy Nunu. I know uh, Crowder's not as big, 
But, again, he's valuable. Again, hand-picked player in this offense versus the guys that were there. That's something you have to think about, too, especially when you have an offensive-minded coach coming in there to uh, make moves and uh, change things up for a team. Now, we'll talk about half of the AFC North before we take our break as well. So, speaking of the Bengals, we got to have ourselves talking about Mark Andrews. Now, Mark Andrews is right there the co-top inside receiver with Willie Sneed. We'll have to see how that plays out. Sneed is still in the slot. There was a little bit of a Sneed and Lamar Jackson touched last year, but Andrews and Jackson had the better chemistry there. For now, uh, Marquise Brown and Miles Boykin are starting on the outside. They're they're not really being drafted in a lot of leagues. I get it. We want to see it play out a little bit, how much the Ravens are actually going to pass there versus run on this team and go from there. And that's why we're only investing mildly in Mark Andrews there in this passing game outside of Jackson. Jackson, really their investment in him as a QB1 has been for the running. And when you look at that, uh, Boykin Brown, I think one of them will have some value, which is hard to know because they're both starting. They've both had some injuries. Uh, they have a lot of upside as rookies, even though Brown was taking the first round, Boykin was not. That You can't look at that now. They're pretty much an equal playing field. We'll have to see if one can emerge and be a consistent target there from Lamar Jackson. Now, in the backfield, it is getting pretty clear. I mean, Kenneth Dixon looks like the odd man out. He's being cut, as everyone expected. Gus Edwards is there, but maybe just an early down backup or swing type backup, but it's pretty clearly that Justice Hill is getting the trend towards being kind of, if you want to call it, the reverse version of Alvin Kamara and Mark Ingram. So Mark Ingram is the lead in the situation where Kamara was the lead touch guy for New Orleans, but they want that change of pace, guy with explosion, can finish off drives, work in the red zone. So Justice Hill, I think, is going to be a bigger factor earlier than we might have imagined there with Ingram. Ingram is still going to be effective. We've seen both Ingram and Kamara produce at a high level together on a team with a good offensive line and running commitment in the Saints. So there should be some upside there. So Justice Hill might be usable faster than you think in your fantasy football leagues this season, but he's definitely a one of the high-priority rookie draft picks at uh, running back this season. The next team we'll talk about the Bengals. Uh, the reports uh, are that A.J. Green won't be around to week three at the earliest, so tough to draft A.J. Green as a wide receiver three even at this point. He's fading, he's hurting, I get it, he's A.J. Green, but he's on the older side, he's got some injuries, and Tyler Boyd coming on as well there, so tough to invest too much in the Bengals. Passing game, if you're really looking and you're desperate for a little bit of a short-term replacement, look at Damian Willis. Willis, he's the replacement, so to speak, for Tyler Boyd, so that's, or for A.J. Green opposite Tyler Boyd. So when you look at that, uh, that's not good for some of the other options, John Ross and some of these guys that they had carried. That's not good news for John Ross at all. Definitely Zach Taylor's not playing favorites to previous draft statuses and so on, and he did that the same. Billy Price, the center, is being benched as well. So he's not going to be starting right away. So it's clear that Zach Taylor's evaluating everything. He's not married to any particular person. He could look at... uh, Ryan Finley aggressively throwing the ball downfield, looking good in the preseason at some point ahead of Dalton. So all things are off the board. Really tough to read into the Bengals' offense overall beyond uh, Joe Mixon getting a lot of touches as their feature back. Now, we'll be back in a moment to uh, to continue talking about the updated AFC news and notes in a moment. To 
with the Browns as our next team. But first, we got to say that if you've had a long day at work or you're still stuck in the office, you got to use DoorDash and let it be your friend. The DoorDash app will let you choose what you want to eat, and your food will be delivered to you wherever you are. And right now, you, the listener to Lockdown Fantasy Football, can get $5 off your first order of $15 or more when you download the DoorDash app and enter the promo code LOCKED. On. So take advantage of that. Uh, get hungry all the time. Uh, fancy drafting. Let DoorDash do the work for you and get your food to you again. Use that promo code locked on to save uh, $5 off your first order of $15 or more. Promo code locked on with the DoorDash app. We'll be right back to continue our look at the update AFC news and notes from the preseason. All right, so let's continue with the Cleveland Browns. And we haven't seen Odell Beckham Jr. with a hip injury. We want to see what he can do. Well, if you were concerned that this could creep into week one, that's not an issue. Looks like he'll be on track to play. They're just playing it very careful with him. He's their shiny, new, expensive addition. So he'll be out there to help their offense there in week one. Don't worry about that. We know that Antonio Callaway won't be with the suspension. So you're looking at uh, Beckham, Landry, Jarvis Landry, and Shard Higgins as your top three Browns receivers to open the season, David Njoku's on the mend. He should be also available for week one. Now, Kareem Hunt got some good work in that third preseason game. I think he's definitely going to be considered here for some work in the second half. For now, uh, you're looking at a lot for Nick Chubb. And they also have uh, Hilliard, the young back that they like there behind. As a guy that can come in occasionally in passing situation, change of pace, but... Hunt, they want to hold on to as much as possible. Chubb off to a very good start here. And I think he'll pick up where he left off in the 2019 season. But Hunt is looming, so at least if you're a Chubb owner, you want to hedge your bets with Hunt for later in the season as a later round stash. Now, the last team we'll talk about in the AFC North before we turn to the AFC South is the Steelers. Wide receiver situation, Dante Moncrief maintains his status as the number two. I think it'll be more by committee. James Washington is a big play, one-trick kind of receiver, and a lot of his production has been with his uh, college quarterback against lesser defenses. I don't know if he's that grind-every-down type guy that you're looking at. I think he's a bit of Martavis Bryant in him where specialty spots, he could be very productive, but we don't know if he's going to be on the field consistently, so... Definitely, they've tabled the rookie Deontay Johnson a little bit. I think Washington Moncrief, it's pretty close behind Juju Smith-Schuster, so we'll watch that. But Washington certainly deserves to go a little higher based on a strong preseason. And same thing, Vance McDonald, everyone thought of a big spike there, but they're going to use Xavier Grimble quite a bit. So Grimble could be the new Jesse James. I think you could see McDonald still produce pretty well, but it's going to be much like the 2018 season. Maybe it's a few more touchdowns catches and targets, but I don't think you're going to see that dramatic jump as that hot sleeper that everyone has in the third tier tight ends uh, come to fruition here with Vance McDonald. We turn to the AFC South. We talked about Duke Johnson Jr. having an expanded role now with Lamar Miller having the ACL. We'll see who else they sign. I mean, there's some people out there that could be cut. We mentioned Yeldon. We mentioned Carlos Hyde who's also is a cut candidate. We'll talk more about that situation in the Chiefs in a moment, but I think with Demario Crockett, the undrafted rookie, being the only option behind Duke Johnson, they're going to have to look for a little veteran presence there. And I can see that uh, certainly happening. But Duke Johnson, if you draft him early, good position, catch a lot of passes, 
early and be involved in the early down rushing attack. Now, at uh, wide receiver, this cuts into David Johnson a little bit. Kiki Kuti looks like he'll be back from his ankle injury to play the slot and start in week one between DeAndre Hopkins and Will Fuller. So Kuti, he was avoided in some drafts because of the injury issues, had the hamstring all year last year, and now has the ankle. But QT is going to have a key role in this offense. I think it's going to be a pass-first, pass-heavy offense. Johnson's value is going to come from there catching passes. Offensive line's not that good, so they're not going to line up and run against people. But short passes can be in order here in the slot, and Kuti definitely has that ability to offer. Now, the Colts, we know Jacoby Brissett is taking over from retired Andrew Luck here. Good news on one of his weapons. Paris Campbell looks like he's on the way back. The rookie from Ohio State, absolute speedster. And Jacoby Brissett did show a big arm. He comes back with better protection than he had in 17. You can get the ball downfield to T.Y. Hilton. So I don't think they're going to change that aspect of the offense. And Campbell can certainly help with that stretching of field. I think Brissett could struggle a little bit with the short to intermediate routes, the accuracy there. But the deep ball is going to be there. He's going to be well protected, run a little bit more. But uh, Campbell being out there certainly is going to be good to continue to diversify this uh, Colts offense around the quarterback. Now, the next uh, team that we have to catch you up on is the Jacksonville Jaguars. Now, we've heard different things about Chris Conley and DJ Chark, and uh, right now Marquise Lee is still on the shelf, so there's all kinds of things going on. We don't know what Keelan Cole is going to do, but the only Jaguars settled role is D.D. Westbrook and their wide receiver core. Nick Foles likes him early. The chemistry has been there. Westbrook has run very good routes. He's crisp. Comes from that a good Oklahoma system. He'll make some key catches all over the field. So last year he was seen as a slot, just that number three PPR. Solid, but not much upside. I think he actually carries a little bit more upside this year from what we're hearing. So that's good with D.D. Westbrook, a solid wide receiver three you can target most league. Now in terms of the number two running back in Jacksonville, we're not sure. Rayquel Armstead, the rookie, looks like he could get some touches by Leonard Fournette, but Alfred Blue still looks like the... Insurance for now, if, if Fournette were to go down, we know Bully has some pretty good backup producing experience off the bench with the Texans, so something to consider there in uh, 2019 is that Fournette doesn't have the clear-cut uh, insurance policy the way T.J. Yeldon was. Maybe Yeldon, again, another candidate to return here if they don't like Armstead and Blue look, uh, especially not offering the versatility, catching passes. So we'll see how that plays out, but... Uh, Again, number two for right now for Fournette is Alfred Blue. Now, we go to the Titans as we close our look at the AFC South. And in general, I don't really like what I'm hearing and looking at the Titans offense. Now, part of it is without Derrick Henry. I get it. But if you've been investing a little bit in this offense, uh, I think Corey Davis and Delaney Walker are the principles that you start with. But I think you take them down a few notches there from what you expect. I don't think you're going to get much from Adam Humphreys the way you did with Marcus Mariota in Tampa Bay. A.J. Brown, the rookie, someone I'm not interested in either. So overall, the Titans are going to be boring, probably run-heavy offense with Derrick Henry. Derrick Henry is going to get the touches. Deion Lewis didn't look too good preseason. He's also been fined. He just struggled to run in this type of offense. It's pretty similar here with Arthur Smith taking over for uh, what Matt LaFleur did. Henry's still the focal point. Henry's still the best player and what makes this offense go. And uh, not much else there to see in fantasy here in 2019. So there you have it. We've talked about uh, three-fourths of the AFC. We still have to get through one more division, the exciting AFC West here for 20, 
19. But first, I've got to remind you to check out the new Lockdown NFL. It's completely on fire. Last week, it was one of the most listened to shows anywhere on the NFL. And you'll get the expert analysis of former NFL scout Matt Williamson, hosted by Brian Peacock. Lockdown NFL is your daily national podcast on all things NFL, featuring Matt's unique take on the game. Follow Lockdown NFL now on your favorite podcast provider. We'll be right back here to wrap up our AFC latest news and notes outlook with a take on the entire AFC West. All right, uh, let's uh, continue here and uh, close out the show looking at the latest updates you need to know about every AFC team. Let's uh, turn to the West to close it. The West is best in some people's eyes, but uh, here there are some fantasy football issues there that we have to talk about. Denver Broncos, if people have been drafting Noah Fantley as a tight end too, I like the upside, but he's got an ankle injury just coming back there from the mix. How you sort out this receiving core is interesting. You have Cortland Sutton, Emmanuel Sanders. Interestingly, going very close together in leagues. Then everyone just pretty much forgot about Deshaun Hamilton, who was very good in the slot last year. So it would not surprise me if Hamilton gets a little bit more involved. He got Fant. So a little messy, low-volume passing game. Not a trusted passing game with Joe Flacco. A team that leans more to the run. So it's a situation I'm avoiding pretty much with Fant and Sutton and Sanders. I don't really want to invest there. I think I look at uh, Phil Lindsay to some degree and uh, Royce Freeman behind him. That's where I want to go with this Rick Scangarello style of uh, zone-blocking offense. That's where I'm going. This is a running game and defense-based team, so I want to avoid too many shares of the Broncos passing game, if any at all, here in 2019. Now the Chiefs, a uh, couple of backup changes. Damian Williams is definitely the load carrying number one he looks very good we know Andy Reid likes to go with one back Darwin Thompson definitely has a little bit of an appeal there and he's uh there but don't forget about Daryl Williams he's also in the mix there he was uh, effective at times behind Damian last year so Carlos Hyde is expendable as I said so he could be an option as well for Houston or any other team that needs a little bit of backup or insurance at running back at this point so Chiefs took a flyer, but they want to see what Thompson did. They want to see what the two Williamses did. Williams, Damian being healthy, and uh, that's what you're seeing here. There, and a quick change uh, uh, at backup quarterback, um, Matt Moore was signed. So Chad Henney goes on the shelf. Matt Moore behind Patrick Mahomes. So Matt Moore, if something happens there to Mahomes, has the keys to a very good offense. So something we have to keep in mind. And just put in the back of our mind here. There, hopefully, if it doesn't come to that, we want to see Mahomes on the field all the time, producing at a high level. Now, the Chargers, uh, Hunter Henry and Mike Williams have looked really good, and these are going to be the two biggest beneficiaries from Melvin Gordon not playing because the touchdowns are going to be available now. Austin Eckler is not a big touchdown guy. Justin Jackson finished some drives last year, so in terms of the backfield guys, I think what you're going to see a bump in Philip Rivers is simply throwing it in the end zone. He didn't have a healthy Henry last year. Mike Williams came on and scored double-digit touchdowns last year. So these guys are going to be massive factors in the red zone with Melvin Gordon out. So I'm really liking both these guys on my fantasy teams as much as possible. This year, Henry can really have a sky limit as his production at tight end. We've seen that without Antonio Gates. And Mike Williams, an already good spot opposite Keenan Allen. He produces a high-end wide receiver, too. 
Now let's close looking at the Raiders and uh, Antonio Brown. He's going to get a new helmet. He's going to monetize it somehow with an endorsement. So he's going to be all good to go. And uh, he's locked in. We'll see what he does here. They're not going to put him out and risk him in the preseason. But Derek Carr, the offenses look pretty good without Antonio Brown in there getting some live action game reps. So we feel really good about him. And uh, I think he's a wide receiver, too, to be safe, to be honest. But one of the better wide receiver, too, is out there just by volume alone there with the Raiders. And Darren Waller, again, no one's really drafting him. We want to draft a Raiders tight end. We want to trust a little bit more. But when you look at it, Tyrell Williams is more of a big play threat. Hunter Renfro, we'll see how much he gets involved in the slot there. We know Derek Carr loves the throwing to the tight end from last year with Jared Cook. So Darren Waller, they're designing plays for him. It's a little bit of a crowd there. They have Luke Wilson and some other guys that are catching some passes. So that's a little concerned with Waller, but definitely a hot sleeper we're going to watch if uh, we don't really like what we get from our tight end here in 2019. And the backfield, Doug Martin, the team moved on from him. So it's pretty much Josh Jacobs' show with Jalen Richard as the uh, change of pace, occasional young back that comes in to spell him and I don't see Richard being a threat to what Jacobs does in an early down. Jacobs is still going to be in position to get most of the rushing touchdowns on the Raiders and uh, also be involved heavily in the passing game as a first-round reality draft pick in 2019. So there you have it. There's an update, the vibes, the feelings, the injury news, all other notes on the AFC teams, all 16 there for you. We'll come back and do it again tomorrow with all the NFC teams. So, Thanks so much for listening to Lockdown Fantasy Football. This has been Vinny Iyer. Hope to see you next time.